0: Thanks for tuning in, we're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicles episode 13. So, due to the recent release of Spider-Man's first standalone movie by Marvel Studios, and not Sony, Spider-Man Homecoming, we thought we'd read and review a classic standalone Spider-Man book. And for that purpose, we have chosen Spider-Man Reign. It is a four-part series published between December 2006 and March 2007. It is written and illustrated by Kare Andrews. Set in the future of Earth 70237, which is one of these many Earths within the Marvel multiverse, uh, a retired Spider-Man, weakened and haunted by his past, returns to confront a new injustice in New York, an authoritarian government utilising a merciless police force known as The Rain the run is explicitly in a marge to the dark knight returns which is the big fat famous 1986 comic that i'm sure a lot of you have probably heard of uh with me today i have the usual suspects i have rahul and wow. i have leon yo hey so guys what did we think of spider-man rain
1: just to point out it's rain as in r-e-i r-e-i-g-n so as in Raining Monarch, or is it? Is there a double meaning? No, there isn't. It's just rain.
0: Yeah, yeah. rain as in Raining Monarch, not rain as in sunshine on a rainy day rain. Yeah. But it could be. Could but be, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of rain in this comic.
1: I mean, there's a lot of rain, but yeah. there's no... <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's a double meaning to it, but it could be because there's a lot of rain, but it, yeah, I don't think yeah, it, it's yeah. rain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what did you think? <laughs> yeah, where do we start? Yeah, I guess I'll start by, as ever fulfilling my role of being the slightly negative person about these books that we read and um all the more disappointed because this is one that I picked because we were uh trying to decide a Spider-Man comic to read and I thought hey Spider-Man Rain this seems to be a contentious one and I can I can see why and I think I fall on the side of not really enjoying it that much I don't know it's it's got a cool style but it's just trying so hard to be the Dark Knight returns and that was a 1986 comic and this was published in, I think, 2006. Like, it's a whole 20 years later, but it's still trying to emulate that tone and style in a, in a very different time. And I don't really think it fits well with the time that it was written in or the character that it's supposed to be about. I don't know if either of you guys agree with that. Um... Yeah,
2: I'd I'll, I'll say I'm pretty much on a similar page. Uh, we're going to have to try and avoid comic puns like that, but it's always going to happen. But um, I would say I was on a similar page to you with that, where um, like, I like the the initial premise does sound cool, uh, if you were to explain it to someone that way, like, Spider-Man gets his own Dark Knight Returns. Um, And it's a comic book ideal and idea that I probably would have enjoyed a lot more in my, say, teens where uh, I was discovering a lot of the uh the sort of miller eighties stuff um and i mean the general reinvention and gritty um expression of uh superheroes back uh, back then so i I probably would have been more into it but i think yeah, like I think it bites off more than it can chew. Um, especially in terms of how it uses uh, metaphors and how it follows the template of uh, DK- DKR so much, but um, I-, I can see that where the the impetus of the idea comes from, and there are some um, some interesting things that they they do in the book. Um, and I did uh, find myself—I I mean, at the beginning, I was very turned off. Uh, because uh, it's split into uh, four issues, and uh, with the first two I was really turned off. Um, but I think stuff, uh, events that transpire, or just uh, some of the ideas behind some of the things that happen in three and four, did sort of soften my uh, my uh, dislike for it. But um, like, I, th- I think they in- explore some they i think he explores some um some interesting ideas it's just it's all very superficial and shallow and i mean it coming where it where it where it has where it's set in this uh new york which feels like very much post 9 11 um allegory and imagery and metaphors and you where you have like the rain who are this uh Militarized police force, and you have this in the wake of Patriot Act and the, the uh, GOP at the time after uh, uh, having quite a quite a tough grip on like law and order, and um, there was lots of feelings of uh, the the media, people like Fox News, etc., the media in general being manipulated to sort of uh, uh, give out this. Uh, continuing narrative um and uh to make it easier for people to support uh things like the uh, evasion of iraq and stuff like that like stuff that many people smarter than me have gone over a million times but like uh, it's very much set in that like that zone that milieu but like um i just don't think that it has a full uh, grip of what it's trying to do and by trying to tr- transplant this very specific Reagan era um, like kickback and rejection into this it it doesn't f- fully work and there's more that we'll get into spoilers with that but um, yeah it's just like it, maybe it comes at a bad time where uh, us having read like Old Man Logan um, again recently and just um, that general sort of trope uh, that was pretty much sort of birthed by a DKR of like the uh, the gritty old superhero uh, trope in a sort of dystopian city is just tired and it doesn't really bring anything interesting or new but it, I think one of the the biggest sins I don't really want to be piling on uh, at least not yet but um is it just I think the book thinks it's smarter than it is Um there's a lot of people giving soliloquies and speeches but ultimately it like the the, the themes and the threads never really stick together um, and even just on a, on a functional level of even if forgetting sort of the the themes and uh, and the the deep levels of the narrative this the, this i found sometimes the the like visual uh, interpretation of some of the action just wasn't clear at times um and then coupled with that with a lot of uh sort of lesser comic book logic moments just it, it felt like it was trying really hard to push me away from this story um so it's it's a weird one. Um, I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Like, if you ask me to recommend, I always find it interesting to say, "Hey, well, yeah, give it a read and see what you think about it." Because I can very much see a lot of people getting a lot of of good from this because it is a novel idea that hasn't really happened with Spider Man. But for me, it's, uh, it, it's if anything, it, it's a wasted opportunity.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I think wasted opportunity is the right phrase. And yeah. I think the thing that you touched on about poorly expressed intentions in the way that things are drawn and explained in the comic logic, I think that's my biggest grievance with it, which is something I want to get into in spoilers.
0: Yeah, I I will I will go with what both of you are saying in the fact that it's a wasted opportunity and it's not as good as it could be. It's not as good as it could have been. Um, I can see that it is, it's, it is just... It oozes Dark Knight Returns. It really does. Um, and I can see what they're trying to do. I think has a lot in common... Well, tries to have a lot in common with V for Vendetta as well. I don't know if mm, you two can mm. see that. It, it's it's trying yeah. to be all these sort of formative books that redefined the, the comic genre. I think it's trying to... It's trying to beat each of those in turn, and in doing so, it spoiled the soup with too many ingredients. It Well, not totally spoiled the soup, because I, there was parts of it I still really liked, and I can see there's, there's bits of it that shine through, and, and I think, okay, yeah, that's really good. I like that idea. That works really well for Spider-Man, and I can talk more about that in the spoiler section. But, as, as you two have already said, you've pretty much touched on everything I would have said about it being... It just just misses the mark ever so slightly. I think for me, it's just a little bit off, and I I don't know. I don't know if I actually like it, like it or not. I know that it's something that I enjoyed reading, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if I liked it as much as I wanted to. So, I mean, yeah, this is Greg saying. Greg trying to say he, he kind of didn't like something, which doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs>
2: so, so yeah, like how, the way you put it like that, and you, you sort of delineate the two, uh, like you enjoyed reading it, but you don't like it. How would you, uh, like how, why do you think you, ha- you have that? Um,
0: I enjoyed uh, reading it because like the way you were saying, the, the, the last two parts, the last two chapters, the last two issues are really good. And they have some really great moments, and it it becomes Spider Man again. But at the beginning, when I'm reading it, I. I guess I don't. I didn't like seeing what I was seeing at the beginning. I can't describe it because it's not. But I don't. I generally don't enjoy. Because it's not, it's not the same as Dark Knight. I can't talk about this without going into the spoiler section. It's not the same as Dark Knight Returns in the way it sets it up, in the way it treats the hero. But it treats the hero in a way that I think works for Spider-Man and in a way that I believe Spider-Man would behave in those situations as Peter Parker in that kind of environment. I think I know what you're getting at, because yeah, you yeah. say I wouldn't go
1: so far as to say the final two issues of the four become really good. I think they have more moments of things that have a bit more fun, and I think the, the most moments in this, in, in some of the fights that Spidey has, they're the bits that I enjoyed, in contrast to how morose and kind of off the mark trying to be heavy but not really succeeding the rest of the book is like you said it's trying really hard to be something deep like V for Vendetta but I don't think it really understands what its central theme is i don't think it really has one beyond imagine if new york was in an oppressive military state and mm. it's got shades of post 9 11 and everything's really yeah you
0: know i mean i no i do i do understand what it's doing and i do understand that the general themes it's trying to get across are giving up your freedom in return for security and you know do we really need to be that way and use of terms like super terrorist for example within this book um it, it's very very clear the theme it's trying to get across it's it's trying to be very very current but also be Dark Knight Returns.
1: And I don't think it quite reaches far enough like I don't think it's yeah. thought there's steps ahead to be able to reach the heights of something like V for Vendetta or the Dark Knight Returns and I think that's its main failing that it's just trying to be heavy and dark and gritty but not really Elevating it above any of its peers,
0: because I don't, I don't think you can do that with Spider-Man to the level that you'd need to.
1: I Um. mean, I I don't, I don't think that. I think there is a story in there, and I think it's a shame that this one isn't that.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, it could have been. It it could have been better than it was. I think is the conclusion we've come to. I mean, I'm not going to say don't go out and read it because, and I'm not going to say I didn't. To- i totally didn't enjoy it because there are bits of it that shine through that i really did like and i would still recommend going and reading it if you want to sort of check out marvel's answer to dark knight returns marvel's answer that came so many years late but marvel's answer um and i think i think overall it's it's not the best book it's, it's not it's not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i totally enjoyed it but i'm not gonna say i hated it either
1: well, it's that weird thing of, like, to touch back on what Leon was asking you earlier, like, you can enjoy something that you know isn't very good. I think this isn't, it's not rubbish. It's not like it's no, no. Uh, a crap story or, a uh, you know, uh, unheartfelt or unattempted, you know, creation not... put on page. No. It's
0: not by a long like, shot. <laughs>
1: I I enjoy reading things that don't quite satisfy me because then I can see why I really enjoy the things that do satisfy me. Yeah, like, there's an interesting contrast there. I think it's worth reading for those purposes. But you, well, if you have an interest in how you, you know the the heights of comic book storytelling and how that medium can be as expressive as it can be, this will disappoint you.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's um because we we talk about a lot of really really exemplary comics on this podcast and i think we've been spoiled from some of the things that we've read
1: and we have cherry picked the best yeah. for you know these first 13 14 and episodes that
0: we've done. we we get fat on what we read on a weekly <laughs> basis with these like because we we always pick really good things like i don't think i i ever come away completely disappointed with what i've bought on a weekly basis and the ones that i do did come away with i've i've cut those already i don't buy those anymore um but yeah it's um I think I think it's I think it's down to the fact that if we'd read this at a different point in time, if we hadn't discovered, if we hadn't already been given all, you know, this wealth of other comics that we've consumed, um, that to, that that take the same ideas and do better things with them, then I I don't think that we'd feel the same way. I think we'd probably enjoy it more. I know that, and what Leon said. I know that if I was reading this as a teenager, it'd be like I'd adore it. Definitely. Mm.
2: The, I would say that um, even... I mean, it's theoretical, but I think even without that stuff, I mean, we've read Dark Knight Returns. We have. Um, and, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Because um, normally, if you want to be inspired by something, you, you do, you take something from the past um, and then you reinvent it you remix it you recontextualize it and i think this attempts all of those things with that book and uh the the sheer um uh, audacity um and uh the the big task that it tries to pull off like that's admirable mm. but it it doesn't I don't think it takes off, let alone sticks to the landing. Um, and I think that's the issue. I, I think with, with my comment before where when I was younger, uh, if you probably would have enjoyed it. That's not solely down to my lack of experience with other comics at the time. Uh, part of it uh, is probably my... Um, my, not not taste, but what I would pull from a comic or any form of media back then is it, different from what I would pull back now. Um, so, like, there would have been a time where it would have been cool just to have, oh, have you read this comic book? It's like, uh, like, set the future and, like, Spider-Man's old and da-da-da and then do this and that and... It's crazy. And that's not enough. Um, Like, it's not just enough to do this and do a lot of uh, lazy symbolism and metaphors and very um, sort of loud and in your your face um, references. Like, I don't know. I, I think I think that it really just needed like a core and I think
1: mm.
2: it feels like it it, it its foundations are Spider Man DKR mm. instead of being Spider Man inspired by DKR. Yeah. And I think the difference you get there with that is that one seems like it's cosplaying dkr
1: Mm. i don't i was gonna say it feels mm. like a fan like when you see a fan film version like a like their own fan trailer it's that in comic book i don't
0: i don't want to go as far and and say that about it because i don't i don't think it's quite on that level but um i think to going backwards again touching the reason i mean not not like like you said leon not not Generally, because of inexperience, my my experiences with comics have widened since I was that age. I think it's more to do with the fact that back there, the same reasons that back then I would listen to uh, a lot more Rage Against the Machine, a lot more System of a Down, (laughs) because I I like those bands still now. But the thing is, they wear their agenda on their sleeve, Mm -hmm. and they're they're very um, very plain and black and white lyrically, and. They, they get the very message didactic. across, uh, yeah and i think i think i liked the the fact that it, this this book was it, it, it's like it's a bit you know it wears its rebellion on its sleeve it's very you know you know what it is this minute you open it and you look at the pages you know what it's getting at and you know what it's what kind of punches it's throwing in in what direction it's not like i've got to sit and think about it i could just ingest it at that age and be like yeah and then carry on you know hmm. so <laughs> i think that's part of it as well but yeah, no. Um, I understand. I understand where you guys are coming from, definitely. And I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to completely burn it. This is the problem. <laughs> I don't...
1: So broadly, yeah. what did you like about it?
0: What did I like what, about it? Or
1: what things did you find that you enjoyed from it?
0: Okay, so I like the way it handles Peter Parker, and I like the way it handles the way Peter Parker thinks, without going too deep into it. Um, mm. I like the way that it handles the uh well certain other supervillains that appear in the book. Um I like I like the way that it explains things in places um like the you know the, the way this this future came about the, the fact that people well I can't I can't I can't again I can't talk about it until we get to the <laughs> spoiler section, but I like there's 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 the, the things that shine through that are hard to talk about without spoiling it. <laughs> For me, yeah. Anyway. There's
1: there's glimmers of things, and I think we need to move. Yeah. in. it's a shame that we need to move to spoilers to talk about the stuff that we did enjoy, like the things you can pick out that are enjoyable. So, should we should we move on to that?
2: Uh, I mean, just before we did that, I mean, we haven't really touched on the artwork that much.
0: Yes, true. yes, true, true. We should get into that.
2: And um, like, what what did you guys think? Because I. Again with the D and it's like getting, getting, getting repetitive at the point, but it did feel like heavily influenced
0: it. Like you can you the, can see it, you can see the it in... style of the the characters <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, you can see it in some of the faces. Mm. Um, but the, the the artwork was a little bit um well very post two thousand I think.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, like grey and moody and yeah. dark colours
0: and and there's there's. There's bits of it that are—I mean, I, I didn't hate the artwork at all by by a long stretch, but there's there's bits of it that I just looked at and I thought uh, misses the mark just a tiny bit. I, you know, I wasn't that into it, but there's certain parts, there's certain bits in this book that the artwork is brilliant and shine. And, and again, I liked it. I like the way that this particular style works with this story. Oh. But I think I think it's a symptom of some of it being digital as well.
1: Yeah, like, I was I know, gonna yeah, say that. Definitely see that. But you can
0: see, but rather than it being digital in a good way, because a lot of artwork now is digital and it's really nice to look at and it's really beautiful. This is back. I think this was made in a time where, it, if it was digital, it showed.
1: Well, it's well, like all uh, the buildings uh, and backdrops. Yeah, exactly. Too clean and cartoony, yeah. and then all the characters seem really well penciled in.
2: Well, that's think. It reminds me of the '90s Spider-Man cartoon and the worst yeah. element of that, where every now and again they'd cut to. Spidey web-slinging through this crappy doll very basically blocked <laughs> out um New York City oh. mm. and it was like I think they did that because they wanted to capture mm. the feeling of like swinging through the streets and stuff but it was it was really a bad decision because it just pulls you out of the sequence. Here's, here's every me time. trying
0: here's me trying to be gentle nudging this book with my muzzle and then these two Rottweilers just dive in and <laughs> <laughs> just savage it.
2: But the thing is, like, I, I don't, I don't have like major issues with the art. Um, but I, I think my only issues really are, I thought some of the action is, uh, or more say, not the fight scenes, but some of the scene to scene, um, like panel to panel stuff. It can be confusing at times. Yeah, hundred
1: yeah, um, percent. Yeah,
2: and I, I'm, I'm just not a fan of because I, I think it, it's not just a, a thing of like digital versus like the penciling. It's because they've like like pulled in textures uh pulled in like computer textures in which just um and then like so like a brick pattern
0: yeah
2: and that's like the walls and I like and the the city as well it has like um it's random city font. It's and yeah, it just yeah. yeah
0: and it sticks I... out like a sore thumb. It's digital yeah. but it's flat digital and it looks Mm you you just know that it's been done by a computer and it just looks it, I'm not don't want to use this word really but I guess I have to because it looks a little bit lazy if that makes sense. Mm mm-hmm.
1: I mean I, I really like the character designs and stuff I, I yeah. like all the like the worry lines in Peter's face I think he's quite a cute old man
0: Oh no yeah start, the, the bits is... the bits that are drawn the bits the way, the way the, the bits that are drawn the, the way that the characters are put together the way the characters are drawn mm. faces everything else it's all really nicely it's quite nice when they do close and you can, people, yeah
1: yeah you can really see the stress on his face mm. and like um, we see a couple of old uh, old familiar faces who you can t- like you can tell who it is straight off the bat mm. um, just by the design of them, but like just how well they've aged and it all looks kind of creepy and decrepit and slightly mummified, but that goes to show just how bleak the world has become. And I think that kind of stuff works really well. Um, To go back to your point, Leon, there's there's a filmmaking term that I think applies to this that I can't remember quite well, where the cut between one shot to another will inform... What you see in the second shot informs something of the first and vice versa. And you can... It's the interpretation between those scenes. Uh, do you know which, which term I'm talking about? I may have to look this up later. I, but the whole yeah. thing about not really being... There being poor comprehension between one scene to the next. So you mean like ma- matches on action? Matches on action, but there's yeah, there's a specific term, which I'll try and look up while you guys are talking. But it's it's that particular thing where it thinks i think the comic thinks it's expressing something from scene to scene but it really isn't it's like taking a couple of steps of logic beyond what i'm capable of and it makes me feel like i've missed something when really what's happening is the comic hasn't broadcast the intentions of the characters or the intention of the action as well as it should
0: yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think i know which bit you're talking about i think
1: just generally it comes across throughout the entire comic yeah, there's so many yeah. instances i've got like scribbles with big arrows pointing to certain sections which we can get into in spoilers
0: okay so are we are we are we moving on to spoilers now
1: i think i've said everything i need to say about yep. the art and the setting and the writing and stuff yeah
0: everybody said their thing yeah yeah yep good i think i've said all about like about all i can say without spoiling it so overall conclusion didn't dislike it, didn't overly like it. Um I'm not going to say don't go out and read it. I'm going to say yeah, go go read it, check it out. If you like Dark Knight Returns, then give this a look cuz this is kind of Marvel's answer to Dark Knight Returns. Um yeah, it's definitely worth a read, but it, it, just to warn you, you might get a little bit disappointed with parts of it. That's all I'm going to say on it. I think Um, so, on to the spoiler section. So, um, I guess I can start now saying the things I actually liked about it. Um, so, what I was talking about before, about the way that it handles, uh, Peter Parker and the way that it handles Spider-Man, um, the way that it handles the way Spider-Man and Peter Parker may actually think, um... The way that it handles the tra- the way that it handles the trauma, because we all know that one of the sort of defining things about Spider Man, one of the main defining lines that runs through these stories, is the way that Spidey um, gets so stressed and so so I'm anxious, stressed. anxious, yes, anxious and worried about his secret identity being discovered, um, <clears throat> and it would take its toll on it on him would it not it would take its toll on him yeah it's so, so, more
2: for the worry of like the, his loved ones
0: exactly yeah so by the time he's an old man he's going to be suffering some form of ptsd right from from everything that happened back in the past yeah yeah and because and
2: you, you sort of think like the decades of um having to sacrifice a happy life to look after people as yes. well as worrying about you losing your family it would take a toll on your psyche
0: it would and and this this is what i think they get across really well which is what i really liked about it because this is how i would imagine an old peter parker trying to go about his ways, trying to lead a normal knife but normal life but not able to because he's still got this, this horrible trauma in the back of his head and you know it down to the bit where um there's a point where uh j jonah jameson turns up uh he's not dead yet uh, but he's very old <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old Peter's supposed to be but I'm guessing if Peter is 60 then JJJ could be what eight, 85 yeah mm. so he t- mm. could could still be kicking it he's a little bit senile but you know I he's,
1: think they're
0: both a little bit senile <laughs> yeah but he's doing alright he's doing alright mm. um, but it's the bit where he turns up and then he hands him the camera and like Peter's like hyperventilating mm because he sees what the camera's wrapped in and that just like totally just like breaks him and there's this whole section where he's like packing and he's talking to he talk 'cause cuz he's so lonely and so old it's really sad cuz he talks to MJ even though she's dead and like he imagines she's there with him in the apartment um hmm. and he's like this is just exactly how i imagine his trauma would manifest itself by that age and and some it it for me it's on the mark really that part that that is what I liked about it I liked the way it handled his psyche and the way it handled everything along those lines um I also kind of like the way it dealt with um the supervillains that it brought in the way it had them um kept in but the a, way it reintroduces them yeah the way it introduces them in a max security prison and then brings them back
1: well, for me, it's kind of hit and miss, because what did you think about the, the Kingpin reveal?
0: Now, I, I thought that served a purpose. I don't... So just to
1: explain, it's that we see the big bad of the comic, which is Mayor Waters, right? Yeah. Who is trying to implant this um, this protective system around New York. And just to hammer it home to the audience that he's taken over and he's a really bad guy. We see a scene where he's eating dinner in front of like an emaciated Kingpin who apparently he's been keeping on a drip for the last, what? I assume it's like 30 years, or maybe it's Ted or something, because I know it's set 30 years later or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we see uh, a really skinny kingpin with all of his skin hanging off of him, uh, basically in a vegetative state, and he's taunting him by eating steak in front of him. And I don't know you, know, you don't think moments like that were like, it's a really interesting concept to do that to a villain like the kingpin, and really prove just how bad this guy is, but it's also really on the nose and not handled very like deftly.
0: I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think it serves a purpose in an illustration of power. So 100%, yeah. yeah, so 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 for me, it's it's there to illustrate Mayor Waters' power. Um, we we find out later on in the book that Mayor Waters isn't pulling the strings, um, but it is there to illustrate his power and to illustrate the fact that he's now in charge of the city. And once the most powerful man in New York, the Kingpin is now nothing more than an emaciated drip fed vegetable for want of a better word (laughs) Um, that he gets out once a year to taunt with state dinner that he doesn't have the strength to cut or eat, which is, you know, like a real way to illustrate dominance, I guess in the book mm. uh and that for me serves a purpose and, and that's why that's there and i i don't disagree with that in the slightest because i quite like it actually <laughs> but yeah um and also you know a thing that i've i've probably touched on before but comic book fans a lot of comic book fans enjoy seeing bad things happen to bad people <laughs> so it's you big know. for all of us yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I get it. It's cool. Like it is like a a, a mild. It's, for me, it was like a a fist pump with a question at the end.
0: It's like yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's karmic. Cool, it's, really it's karmic, but it's messed up. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Um, and the way it handles the other villains as well. Um, mm. I, I particularly like the Sandman in this book. I like that he seems he doesn't really want to do what he's doing, and he knows it's wrong, but he's got no choice. Kind of. Thing.
2: He's the only one who really gets like the the illusion of an arc
0: yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) well yeah he he gets in
2: what did you guys think of since we're talking about him what do you guys think of this susie baker character
0: oh
1: i couldn't care less like she did nothing for me like she doesn't even speak like a like a normal child the thing you were touching on before about like the dialogue everyone sounds exactly the same every single character has the same voice i don't know if if I was the mm-hmm. only one who felt that, but like even the kids in this, there's one kid that she encounters because Susie, who is, it turns out, is Sandman's daughter, right? Like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because well, there's some parts of this comic where I feel like it's telling me one thing, and then it pulls a rug, and it turns out to be another, or I'm inferring stuff that I'm not supposed to infer. Okay, so Susie is Sandman's daughter, but he doesn't know because he never got to be around her while she was growing up, and she seems to know that he's. Her father, I guess because he has the similar powers that she has, because it turns out she's got like, she's Cement Girl and he's Sandman. Um, that did nothing for me. So we've got, um, she talks to a kid called Casey who um, also talks like a robot, Does, like talks like a grown up. And maybe that's endemic of the situation they're in where it's like kids forced to grow up quickly, but that wasn't expressed. It just sounded weird the things that he was saying, and he turns out to be this genius hacker who can convert all the screens to display the message that J. Jonah Jemison's saying. To me, it was gibberish. Like, there's so much random crap going on. And the things that I did like, there are moments, like, some of the fighting, and, like, especially the the fight with the Sinister Six, or, sorry, the Sinner Six, uh, which they changed their name inexplicably. Some of that fighting was really cool. Even though it's, like, really brief and it may be undervalues or underpowers the villains I like that they were dispatched so quickly no, I, and- I
0: do like it I like it I, I particularly liked when Doc Ock turned up actually I hate <laughs> yeah, I hated that yeah because my favorite villain moment
1: in this whole thing is I think Venom where he just kicks him out the window yeah yeah it's amazing I love that like stuff like that where it's brief and it shows um Spidey's like ingenuity coming back and like, you know, how he can take advantage of his surroundings and stuff. That's great, and it's so brief. And it, it wasn't that all... a... scorpion. Sorry, scorpion. Scorpion kicks
0: scorpion out the window. You said <laughs> yeah. venom. Oh, sorry, no, I meant scorpion. No, um... not venom. Venoms. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. It comes that comes later. Yeah, um, yeah. When he kicks scorpion out the window, and just little moments like that, I think it's like the the writers taken the steps to think through like a clever mechanic in the storyline for those cool big showcase moments, but not the rest of like the thesis of the the piece so we touched on Doc Ock what did you like about that Greg
0: I think I just liked the the, the design the way that he's kept alive by the four the, the, the four tentacles and they're just basically attached to a corpse but they were given one final <laughs> order and they still have his memories in his mind in there and it's I just thought that was really cool it's <laughs> <That's laughs> nonsense man I thought it was cool
1: <laughs> I, I mean it's it's, a, it's it this is part of why I think the book thinks it's cleverer than it is. So um, Spidey's getting the crap kicked out of him by the rain and no, sorry, not by the rain, um, by the six. six. Yeah. And all of a sudden doc, Ock comes, uh, comes along like deus ex machina to whisk him away. And then the book itself points out, Oh look, it's like a deus ex machina. And that doesn't like just by lampshading, by using the words that we're all thinking with a groan in our head, doesn't legitimize. It's not enough. Things. Yeah. It's not enough. And then it, ends and we move on to the next bit where we find out that like (laughs) dr octopus has taken him to the grave of his wife (laughs) uncle and auntie dropped him in front of it digs up his wife's corpse and this is again i i think it's happening in reality but it may not be because we see a lot of like um hallucinations that peter's seeing Mm. but i get the feeling like it's actually happening like the corpse of doc ock Has dredged up the remains of Peter's wife and flung her in the air, Um, and then then what happens? Wait, there's a so she bites his face. She bites his face and like she glares at him, and then we have like Doc Ock's zombie face staring at them, and. Um, tears MJ out of the coffin. Pete has a flashback to MJ on her deathbed, where it's like a proper mood uh, whiplash. Where we see like the final time that he sees her alive, I can imagine, and it's the thing that haunts him for the rest of his life. The fact that he's she's dying but, of cancer and yeah. he runs off to save someone because he has gunshot. Wasn't there
2: when she died? But again, and he wasn't is... there
1: when she died, and he thinks that. He left her in her final moments when it. the reveal at this point is that she was saying, Go get him, Tiger, which is a really sweet moment. Yeah. And then it whips back to to Zombie MJ biting his face off. Like, why? So we're, we're skipping
2: over a, a really a really amazing and stupid moment in, <laughs> in all of that. Okay. Where like, uh, I mean, the main idea kind of sounds cool, where it's like, but it's really like ham fisted and not handled in the way it should be. But the idea is that. Uh, like his radiated uh, body <laughs> and uh, bodily fluids are the reason that, like, were irradiating her all of these years. Yeah, um, and that's what led to her her dying. Though she didn't seek therapy or so, or was that a, a really like good red wig anyway? <laughs> um, and it's oh, like God. that that just boils down to spider
0: semen killed
2: MJ, and that's
0: kind of silly. She died but, because she loved him. It wasn't just this. Seaman, it was his, you know, being near him because he was radioactive because of the yeah radioactive... yeah. But I
2: mean, I'm being slightly facetious there because <laughs> it, because it leads into my more serious point where that whole thing is dull because it's just another fridging of a character, and it,
1: but mm. it, it doesn't even like it's not even worth a, the fridging. It, like it's like fridging, but gross. It's like she still, like Greg said, she died because of her love for him, but it's like she died because of her love for him, which is normally like an interesting or like. At least a romantic cliche, but then they had to introduce semen into it. Like what? And to to the writer's credit, they try and say that it was just his his body in general. Maybe like the fact that they were close, his sweat, his you know when they kissed or whatever. But implicitly, like that's what we're gonna read from it, right? You can try and uh, like even even beyond
2: then, if if the thing is just even even forgetting the silliness of spider semen. Uh, because yeah it it's it's all it's all of him' He's sweat uh kissing just hanging just living together for decades mm. but like the the message is just kind of a crappy one, not used for really a good service because essentially uh she's punished to actualize him. But it's kind of a crap actualizing, so that's what I was saying. Where it's like it's not even worth the fridge, and mm. Mm. like I don't know, it, it, it's it's very yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <clears throat> I don't unsatisfying know
2: unsatisfying because it's such an easy trope to do. It's like, that oh, I will motivate the main character by killing his girlfriend slash wife?
0: And it, you know, we always knew she was going to be dead. Like,
1: what, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't because
0: think that it, it's it's the future, and and they always do this. It's like it's like a thing that you just know from opening the book. MJ's dead. You just know but that's
1: part of the problem. If you expect it, and they always do this, like that, that is an issue. Right?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't get that as a defense.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I just I just think that I am probably hardened to it now because it just like it's just something that I don't even register as a problem anymore. Cause it just maybe that that's that's probably a bad defense for it. But that's something <laughs> that yeah, I don't know. It's bad, I yeah. Say... I understand. I understand what you guys are saying. Yeah, it's pointless in the way that they do it and everything else. But I think that
2: man, actually, <laughs> I almost forgot about this. They they fridge Susie as well <laughs> because like, oh yeah, oh, yeah I've, I've got cement powers. Cool. Die for no reason. Oh, that actualizes Sandman to realize, hey, this is messed up. Let me, I I don't, <laughs> don't want any any part of this anymore. It's like ah, like it's just it's like it's it's a crappy emotional ex machina thing. Mm. that I know doing stuff like that so quickly uh, or without proper grounding or without the effect of it being transformative feels like wasted. Because my point, I'm I'm not trying to make a point. I mean, I think the truck's been used way too much, but I'm not trying to make a point that, oh, you can never have a character's mum, sister, wife, daughter, whatever... Die and it have an effect of character development on the lead, uh, on the protagonist. That's not what I'm saying. Though I think that trope is just, uh, and obviously, like the whole term of fridging, uh, which we should probably delve delve into on another episode. Probably. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, um, I mean, there's a whole topic on it. But like the whole thing of like female character like being sacrificed or punished to. Motivate uh, a male protagonist It's like, yeah, we've we've done that a million times, or whatever. But like, if you want to, if you if you want to do that, and that's the story he wants to tell, then uh, fair enough. But then it just kind of feels like waste because we have that happen, but it all doesn't really mean anything. And what it just feels like are story sidesteps because what can, what what will push the character forward? What will do this? And so when they have stuff which I don't want to use terms like in better hands because it's 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 mean. But but like in a more subtler or uh, I don't know if there's more more thought maybe or a, maybe a different approach to this. That the whole thing of like him bearing the costume, bear with her, and then him mm-hmm. him emerging in the Spider Man colours, like that's meant to be an epic moment. But I just think that that whole bit is so muddled that when it happens, it's just like.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that he comes out singing his own theme song.
0: It gets lost. He
2: comes out singing his own theme song. Uh, <laughs> and that whole thing of, like, he's wearing the suit. So that's a callback to, like, Spider Man is back. Because mm. before he's been. Back Peter from the Harper, grave. Yeah, in all these yeah. ragged suits. Um, like, he's not been Spider Man. Uh, and now he's, yeah, resurrected, uh, metaphorically, and he's Spider Man. But he ain't Spider Man, as in. The Spider-Man that it's harking back to in that costume. The he's Spider-Man just going around I killing dudes. <laughs> mm. So, uh, uh, so yeah, it's just.
1: Uh, this is a lot of mixed messages. Mm. Mm. I mean, you talk about subtlety. Is the is the the sentence like a spider crawling up inside your body and laying a thousand eggs of cancer? Yeah. Not
0: subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. We could go on about this for forever, and I think this I, is one yeah. of the big things that comes up when people talk about this comic. In particular, this is one of the, the contentious, yeah. I, I mean, i
0: it. i get I get the problem with it. I really do. I get the problem with the fact that, that it's just the, the pointless fridging of characters and whatever else. But it, it maybe, like, like I said before, maybe I am part of the problem for the fact that my senses are now so dulled to it. I don't know because I didn't really pick up on it as as hard as you guys did. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no. It's um, for what it for what it is. There's parts of it that are that are cool, but there's parts of it that I just I didn't like. But I I like the 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 fact that when it when it showed when it had like the DMJ MJ flashbacks and everything else. Um, the the thing with the lilies, I liked that callback to earlier in the book, and I liked the whole thing that he's he's now forever trying to bring flowers back because he failed to do it.
1: Mm. I mean, there's there's some real glimpses of. <laughs> I don't want to use the word genius. There's some glimpses of a really nice hmm. thread running through yeah. this. Like one of the things I really liked was his fight against um, Craven, where after he's dispatched Mysterio, him and Craven inhale what I think is Mysterio's gases, right?
0: Yeah, like, it is Mysterious. And, which basically yeah.
1: um, is like a fear toxin kind of thing. So Craven sees um, Peter coming at, or oh, sorry, Spider-Man coming at him like a you know crazed rhinoceros, but what Spidey sees is the the demons that haunt him and it doesn't phase him because they're demons that he's been facing for the last 30 years, you know, the, mm. the, the corpse or sorry, the, the ghosts of Mary Jane and Ben and Aunt May. And I think that's like a really nice touch. There's a flash of inspiration there, which I, if there was more of that, I think I would have really liked this, but
0: it I just think, doesn't follow through on those things. Would you, would you agree that the MJ thing is probably less fridging and more a way to further illustrate his brokenness and his trauma? Both. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. if you didn't want
1: to resort to that, there's other ways to show how broken he is. Yeah, true, You true. could still,
2: like, kill her if you want and do all that, like, but...
1: Have it mean something, right? Yeah, It, yeah. it,
2: it, it just... Like, I'm not trying to, like, do, like, hard and fast rules and da-da-da-da-da. Mm. My, my main thing is that without uh, giving it a good foundation and without it really following through for me, it just falls on being that, like, plot device thing where mm. it's just like, uh, what's what's the fastest way to do this? And it's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, just do that. Uh, cancer, right? Uh, and that's why you hung up the... The spidey, the Spidey mask,
0: and in this being an homage to everything that is, um, that was formative from comics around. I mean, we talk a lot about it being Dark Knight Returns, but you've also got like notes of V for Vendetta in there, and this maybe is like a little bit of Watchmen creeping in. I don't know, like, uh,
1: ele- elements, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's aspiring to something which it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's it, like it a then doesn't yeah transcend.
0: It's like yeah. I said, it's it's comic book soup, and it's it, it turns into bad comic book soup because it uses too many ingredients. I think. Hmm.
1: Well, I I want to talk about the like the mechanics of how this comic is like constructed. So, mm. if anybody has any points to make about maybe core cool moments before I
0: move on to that, is anything that's um, not covered? No, we're good. I got to talk about zombie Doc Ock, so that's fine.
2: <laughs> I will I will add, I'll add that I thought. Um, I really liked when Susie's running. Oh, she she tells that um. Oh, the, the, bear, joke. Uh, the bear joke. Yeah, I did yeah. there was a, a moment where I, I knew it was going to flip on its head, but for mm. the moment I was hoping that she was just savage and that <laughs> she had she had done that to survive. So then when she comes up with the bell, it was kind of like, yeah, I knew you were going to do that.
0: Oh, I've got a big
1: note against that point saying asshole. <laughs> i thought it was like deliciously savage no it was
0: but then she kind of like gets the guts back because she remembers what jameson said and she's like wait a second
1: well it's funny because she like bursts into the church and there's like these you know a couple of dozen kids in there she shouts run and then legs it past them and sacrifices them (laughs) which is just it was really weird dissonance to me
0: well she can't totally she can't just tell them not to run because then she would feel awful she has to give them a (laughs) chance right to sort of yeah. to sort of abate her own uh, conscience or whatever,
2: did, it did feel like she was uh, like real time making her decisions.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, which I quite to be fair, she quite did cool.
2: see
1: Craven the Hunter like stab her new friend.
0: Yeah, mm. with a
2: giant. I had an effect okay. on her as well. Well, yeah, clearly, <laughs> standing on rooftops in in the rain.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I just I, I did enjoy. Um, did enjoy reading that part particularly i like the f- i like the- just before we move on as well i like the fact that they brought joe jane uh, j jonah jameson back as a um a kind of uh, a revolutionary mm. of sorts trying to like rally people to the cause against the rain but also like i mean he still he still hates people that wear masks he still doesn't like spider-man he's still you know he's still blaming spider-man for his own problems like you made me a liar blah blah blah. i was like well no you made yourself a liar because you chose to paint spider-man up in a bad way and he's Hmm. still blaming spider-man for his problems but at the end of the day he's trying to do right like he's he's doing right in his own way i guess
1: still super wrong
0: yeah but But still super wrong but yeah yeah (laughs) no um so we wanted to talk about the way this comic's put together mechanically
1: Right. So, okay. To touch back on what I was trying to express earlier about the, the filmmaking effect, I was talking about the Kuleshov effect,
0: hmm. oh, yes. which I
1: thought was appropriate for this where it's, so from Wikipedia, it says a mental ph- phenomenon by which viewers derive more meaning from the interaction of two sequential shots than from a single shot in isolation. So when you see two, the, uh, a cut between two shots, one informs something about the other. And I think that's something that's really missing from this or whoever's or the the, the author designer of the way the panels are laid out in this either give their audience way too much credit or they don't realize how normal people think. So I think there's a bunch of instances of this where just the action and intention of characters or plot is really poorly broadcast. Um, My, the the one I'm picking out is when um, Spidey's fighting Craven and Uh, There's a bit where, like, he's Craven's pummeling him, and he's uh, shouting while fighting, saying, "I've killed you before, but I never collected my trophy, your head." And we see Craven with like this bloodied sword up against Spider-Man's head, and then the next panel is like a really close-in of Craven gritting his teeth and the the onomatopoeia of splurt, like, in big red letters. And then the next bit is him, like, screaming to the skies, holding what looks like Spider-Man's head. And then the next one is we see Spider-Man with just his mask off and, like, beaten down. And, like, all of that implies that he's going to cut his head off, and we see the word splurt in, like, blood red letters, and then he hasn't cut his head. Like, it's moments like this. Like, what what's it trying to by doing all of this and then pulling the rug and he hasn't cut Spidey's head off in a situation where he could. Like, what's the point? Why? Why even muddy the waters by doing, by arranging things like this? Do, do you guys? Like, yeah, because
2: isn't that also the issue where the cover is Peter Parker getting his head sworded off?
1: <laughs> Let like, me just double check. Like, that. Like, all mean, the
2: villains are, are dogpiling and they're cutting his throat. But I'm sure there's like blood. Yes, you're right. Hundred yeah. percent right.
1: They yeah. don't
2: get anywhere close to that in the book.
1: Well he gets mm. super close to doing it and then but he just I mean, doesn't. <laughs> I mean
2: the actual scene like blood spurting and everything like Yeah, yeah. There's not even something where oh it's an artistic interpretation of that sequence. Mm. That that is a pure bait and switch.
1: I mean I've got I've got a whole list of egregious confusing moments like this. For example like when JJ visits Peter and gives him the parcel, he's like you see him holding the parcel under his arm and then you see Pete freaking out somehow the parcel gets him, into somehow,
0: his apartment without yeah yeah i get it yeah like i was and thinking um, that like when did that get passed over to peter how did that uh, did he just drop it behind the door as he left did we not see cr- that bit because
1: then it's leaning against between the door and the door frame yeah and it's like you, you might call this nitpicking but it's really not when it affects your ability to like flow through the story when it jars you and makes you think wait did i am i doing something wrong with the way i'm reading this that's that's poor storytelling mm. i think. Yeah. and like there's another one where it was a really weird instance of pedophilia where um, Susie is uh, gets stopped by a couple of rain soldiers. Oh cops, yeah, yeah. And he says something like, um, oh "God, what does he say?" Like, "I'll it's send about you her fr- being put you in jail. In
0: maybe spend some time in there with you, or something." Yeah, like spend that. some time in there yeah. with you.
1: And then, and then her dialogue after that was, "If I was just dot dot dot, you wouldn't touch me." Like, and it's it's a, it's weird enough as it is that you have that strange pedophilic moment, but then what does that dialogue even mean? If I was just... that, Are we supposed to interpret something about the the reveal we later see where it turns out that she's Cement Girl? I think but so. Like, but, like, there's nothing to... Like, it's just confusing at that moment. Because I, I was reading it, like, trying to jump through mental hoops. Like, if I was just as in, you know, just or virtuous, you wouldn't touch me. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. By-
2: but then remember as well, there's the other bit where, like... Um, oh, that... that this bit drove me insane in, in the first issue, <laughs> where like old man Peter Parker tries to engage right at the beginning and help the kids get gets the crap beaten out of him, and they and the, the rain soldiers take the kids, and then Susie's like, you let them take him? Yeah, you didn't do anything. Yeah, who actually did try to fight and got got the crap beaten out of him. Exactly, right, he's an old man as far
1: as you're aware. Like he tried yeah. to stop them, got his nose bloody, got his arm what broken. What was he supposed to do?
0: He he walked up and went, hey, he tried to stop him, and then just got smashed. What can he do?
1: <laughs> that, was
2: just, that was infuriating yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want but it, it doesn't really make sense because um, it's, like, it's, like, it's either a character flaw or it's um, a tone flaw for, for the, the scene because the implication uh, could be seen as like that type of line and it not be her being an idiot is the implication that Peter Parker um, doesn't care anymore Mm. and like thematically you can see that working because of um like him obviously hanging up the mask and all that but the fact that he did intervene completely undercuts that so it, it just doesn't work on any level mm. <laughs> i think mean, it's like like i say this isn't nitpicking this is stuff that just muddies the waters because if i mm. uh, there's typos i could i could uh, nitpick that i'm not it, it's not about that like i said like, it's not a uh, a dog pile on this. It's uh, well, the things that really annoy me is yeah, when something is just outright bad, I don't have the knives out for it in the same way as when something has the potential and inside it are layers of really like good ideas, but then they completely miss the mark. Like that, that's what drives me insane. And mm-hmm. this comic, I feel, is an example of that
0: no yeah, yeah I do I, I, I do agree. get that yeah I understand that 100% um, <clears throat> you can actually see notes of Dark Knight Returns in the way that it's put together as well um, it, even the way you know each part opens with a news report mm-hmm. yeah that is very Dark Knight Returns because that that that's the same thing happens with that where each part opens with a news report right Mm-hmm. and um, they've just sort of sort of come back around to that again uh, i
1: skip over those moments it's just a bunch of words on a page to me if yeah. i wanted to read a book i'd read a book
0: damn <laughs> <laughs> savage I wow. would say,
1: like it really slows down the pace and like, it's just not suited to the, to the medium yeah Don't get me wrong, that makes me sound like i hate books i love reading books but if i wanted to read a novel i would read a novel if i want you know if i want to see a a deft touch in the combination of pictures and words. I read a comic book and this is just two deliberately irritating newscasters being deliberately irritating. The main one, he's,
2: he's a reference, isn't he? To Dark Knight. um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Miller Johnson, Miller Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Which which
1: refers to Frank Miller and Klaus But Again, it's like, it's the Mm. lampshading,
2: but like, it's not enough. Like it's cool to like to to like tip the hat, but like it, it's still an empty it's, uh, yeah, rehash.
0: It's all very literal, and it's all very in your face and on the nose, and mm. exposes its inner workings. Like without even you know thinking about it. it, just peels back the skin. The minute you open the book, you're peeling back the skin. You're not actually. Mm getting you're not actually having to to le- not leaving anything to the imagination you're not having to work for anything as soon as you open that book you're peeling back the skin and seeing the inner workings i think um well, so it's like
2: you're saying like it is a it is a soup a, a spot soup
0: comic book soup with too many <laughs> a super
2: fly in there except yes. we have no spider to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> oh. oh comic book soup with too many ingredients. I think that's going to be the conclusion I've come to, and that's where I think we'll have to leave it because there's just like literally no pages left in this book. There's these two <laughs> Rottweilers here <laughs> completely torn this thing apart. Ugh. but yeah, no um'm I, try- I was trying to be nice about it, but I guess in the end I've been won over to your to- your opinions because you just you just brought it all back <laughs> I'm sorry, you just brought it all back, and now I'm thinking, yeah, you know what I agree it's not not the best spider-man comic i've read but i certainly wouldn't say don't read it if you want something that's a little bit dark knight returns then then check it out but be wary of the things that we've said because you may end up coming away disappointed so i'm just going to warn you now don't think you're gonna you're in for like something amazing because you're not it is pretty standard as far as stuff like that goes Uh, and that's going to wrap it up i think so that's about all for this week uh you can find us in the usual places uh you find us on facebook under ace comicals you find us on instagram under ace comicals you can find us on twitter at ace comicals where you can ask us questions via dm or you can at us and ask us a question we'll be happy to answer uh you can also now find us on youtube so go and check us out there's two videos now uh one video went up as of the day of recording this, so that was uh, the seventh of, uh, sorry, tenth of July. Tenth of the seventh. So you can go and check American that out. Style. American that? style, yeah, seven ten. No, <laughs> <laughs> American dates, pa, wrong way. No, um, uh, <laughs> the hub for all of this is um, www.acecomics. dot uh, and you'll be able to find sort of everything there that's that's our mainstay that's our website etc and uh guys where can we find you
1: find me uh at leon everett
0: on twitter and where can we find you ray
1: yeah you can find me at uh, on twitter at monkey so that's at m-o-o-n-k-e-h
0: and you can find me on twitter under at Bato. uh you can Ask me a question there if you wish as well. We can field questions to any of us, I guess. Um, And you can also get in touch via the Ace Comicals email address, which is acecomicals at gmail.com. That about wraps it up. So thanks for listening, guys. Ace Comicals, over and out.